What's up, everyone? So this episode's a little bit late because I originally recorded this while I was on vacation. I thought it turned out okay at first when I was recording it, but when I went back to listen to it, there was a lot more issues with sound than what I wanted. So now that I am back home from my vacation, I am re-recording the episode that was supposed to be posted last week. I apologize for that, but we're going to get this going. Today, I'm going to answer a question I've gotten through Instagram a couple times, but I decided this time to actually answer it on the podcast, and that is, how do you decide when to leave your 9 to 5 or your W-2 job in favor of a real estate career? So let's dive right into this amazing topic. Building a real estate portfolio is as much about buying properties as being a de facto entrepreneur. I'm Karina Ufinger. I'm a multi-property investor, rental management company CEO, and also a landlord coach. I'm going to show you the systems and knowledge you need to thrive as a real estate entrepreneur. From your first property purchase to building a portfolio of passive income where you work less than five hours a week, you'll learn the essential information and skills to build a profitable portfolio and live the life you truly want. Whether you are well on your journey or just starting out, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Landlord Chick Podcast. So this is a question I get asked fairly frequently through Instagram, and I finally decided to turn it into a podcast. And that is, how do you know when it's time to leave your W-2 job behind in favor of a real estate career. Now, this timeline for everyone's going to be a little bit different. And for some of us, it's going to be something that it's like, well, maybe someday. For others of us, it's going to be, well, the sooner the better. I have an investor colleague in Des Moines. He is a police officer. He loves being a police officer. He doesn't necessarily see himself wanting to get out of it incredibly soon, but he does like having the option of building this real estate portfolio that if he ever loses his passion for being a police officer, or if he just ends up in a position where he can't be a police officer anymore, he'll have something to fall back on. The rest of us that are listening to this podcast, you likely fall into two categories. Your job is not horrible. It's tolerable. You tolerate it. Then there's the other category where, well, you hate your job. Maybe you don't like your boss. Maybe you don't like your coworkers. Maybe you don't like your field and you just haven't found a way to transition out of it into another field. Whatever your story is, if you're also investing in real estate, you've probably daydreamed or wondered or actively maybe even considered leaving your W-2 job for your real estate career, but you weren't sure when the time was right. When people approach me about this conversation, I like to point out three things, income, experience, and how hard it would be for you to go back into that position if you had to revert back to a W-2 job. So let's talk about the income first. You have to have a certain goal when it comes to your income if you want to consider making the transition from your W-2 job to your real estate career. So you want to be sure you not only cover your gross income, and I want to make sure and point out it's gross income. The reason I say gross income 
and we'll give a little bit of a definition here too, in case you're still confused by those terms. So your gross income is the income that you make prior to any taxes being taken out. So your gross income, if you make $16 an hour and you work 10 hours is $160. Your net income is what you actually take home that gets put in your bank account, likely these days by a direct deposit. So when we're talking about looking at your income, you should be replacing your gross income at your job plus 30%. Now I, now I give you a distinction from gross income. The gross income is important because you have to remember that when you transition to your real estate career, there's no one that's going to be ponying up a portion of your taxes for you. Right now at your W-2 job, you pay a portion of your taxes and your employer pays a portion of your taxes. When you switch over to a real estate career, it's only going to be you footing that tax bill. Now, your tax bill, of course, is going to vary based on the type of real estate that you are doing. Something like buy and hold has a different tax rate than if you were working on something that was a flip or a wholesale. That's all stuff that we're not really going to get into in this podcast, but just realize that you are responsible now for paying the full portion of your taxes. So that's why I always encourage everyone to look at gross income. Now, what's the plus 30%? The plus 30% is like your safety net. So I always tell people to have your gross income plus 30% because, well, shit happens. If you're in flipping, maybe you have a flip that you can't sell at the price point you thought you could when you bought it because the market shifted. Maybe you're in buying hold and you have a tenant who falls upon hard times and the rent's going to come in a little bit later. Or maybe you have a really big expense that you weren't quite fully saved up for and it's going to eat into your regular operating income a little bit. These are all realistic situations that can happen in any real estate investing career. So that's why I like to have people have their gross income plus 30% before they shift out of their W-2 job. Now, the second thing that I'm going to talk about here is going to be experience. I'm not a fan of people sort of going willy-nilly and diving into real estate full-time if they can afford to very quickly in their career. The reason I'm not a fan of it is because you could be putting yourself in a position where you don't know what you're getting yourself into. When we first start out in our real estate career, we're doing it part-time. We're probably doing it a little bit slow where as a buy and hold investor, maybe you only bought one property in the beginning. It's a single family home. It's a duplex. Maybe even it's a quad. But the reality of that is I can almost guarantee you that unless you have been a landlord then for 365 days, there's a fair amount that you have not seen or experienced in your industry which tells me that you could be in for some pretty big surprises that could turn you off of real estate investing. So it's important that you're not making this decision too quickly and without a deeper knowledge of what it means to be a real estate investor. So I always tell people to shoot for a calendar date. And I always tell people, if you can make it a year, that's the best case scenario. Now you might be thinking, whoa, a year, that's really short. My timeline because of my finances, what I can afford to buy. 
things like that. I'm looking at three, four years. That's totally fine. And honestly, that is sort of more of the normal path. The year plan or the less than a year plan is more of the accelerated route that some people tend to take mostly when they really hate their W-2 job. Now, I'm not necessarily a fan of people throwing caution to the wind and just entering it because they really hate their W-2 job. So that's why I try and get people to spend a full year doing both. You're going to see a fair amount of scenarios if you're in it for a year, whether you be wholesaling, buy and hold. Uh, if you're flipping, maybe, be, maybe because a flip can take a little bit longer than obviously anything else. But generally speaking, if you're active in the industry for a year, you're networking, you're listening to other people's stories, you have your own activities going on, you're actively in it, you're likely going to see a fair amount of the shitty side of it. And you're going to get an indication about whether or not, hey, you can truly do this long term moving forward. Because when you make this transition, you really want to make it at a point where you think it's realistic for it to be permanent. You don't want it to necessarily be temporary for a number of reasons, which I'm not really going to get into, but it's really best if this is a permanent transition for you. So during that time frame, during that year, you should be experiencing it, which means you should be actively owning or engaged in some form of real estate investing. You should be educating yourself continually, of course, as always. And you should be actively networking, listening to other people's stories and making sure that what you're hearing and what you're experiencing lines up with something that you're okay doing long-term. Now, the third thing I said is to consider how difficult is it for you to re-enter your field if it turns out you can't make a go at real estate, it's not your thing or it just wasn't the right time. Now, sometimes it's not the right time. And I want to kind of speak to that for a moment here. I know there are entrepreneurs out there, and I believe Mark Cuban is one of them, that believes you're not fully invested as an entrepreneur until your safety net is gone. I'm not a fan of that approach because I think it's a rather selfish approach. If you are someone who has children that rely on you for income or maybe elderly grandparent or sorry, elderly parents, or maybe your spouse even is um, a stay at home spouse because you have five kids. I think honestly, it's rather selfish to leave your W2 job when it's not a certainty that you can afford to support those people and that you truly want to be a real estate investor. It's a really selfish thing to do is to leave everything behind that you have at your job to go and try this when there's all these people that are relying on you. But I did just mention we want to talk about how hard it is to reenter your career. So let's start talking about that. For the most part, most of us listening to this podcast likely have a W-2 job that is easy to replicate. So you maybe are someone that is an accountant and you have an accounting degree, you just work for some corporation where you take care of their books. You might be someone who is just an administrative assistant. You might be someone who is a, a lineman for maybe a printing press or some sort of um, industrial company. Those are all positions that you could likely replicate fairly decently if you had to re-enter the work market after leaving it. 
Now, if you have a specialized career, like maybe you, this is an extreme idea, but maybe you're a nuclear scientist. Maybe you are someone who is a doctor. Maybe you're a cardiologist. Maybe you have, you just have one of those careers that it's kind of more specialized that you don't necessarily just go on Indeed or monster.com if that still exists. And you don't necessarily just find these jobs posted anywhere. These are the ones that you kind of have to know people to get an into. If you're a person who's in one of those careers, then I really encourage you to make a logical decision and don't overrush your process and your thinking about whether or not you're ready to commit to real estate full time and whether or not your portfolio is ready to sustain your income. Remember the gross income plus 30%. If you're in a niched field for your W-2 job, you have a little bit more of a consideration to make than someone who has an easily replicatable field that they are in. Now, the last bonus item I want to say about a transition from your W-2 job to your real estate career is remember to consider the benefits that you're giving up. Now, the benefits you're giving up, I'm talking about the ones that you maybe kind of forget our benefits, because we tend to think the benefits are vacation and overtime, those sorts of things. But the benefits I'm talking about are the ones that sort of replace some of our living costs. So I already talked about taxes, because that's not really a benefit. That's just something that you have to actually plan on paying when you get into your own real estate career and has nothing to do with it being this great thing that your boss does for you. But the number one thing that usually most everyone has to consider is where they're going to get their insurance from. Maybe your spouse can get insurance for you all through their work. Uh, If you don't have a spouse, then obviously you're going to have to consider getting insurance through the marketplace more likely than not. So add that cost into what it's going to take for you to be in a real estate career. The other costs that you might have paid for right now that you don't, maybe you have a company cell phone that they're rather liberal with how you use it. You can use it personally. So that's something to consider. Uh, A a few of you may even have a company car that again, you can use as your personal car because it also advertises the business. So if you have that, that's obviously going to be something you're going to have to give up likely, which means that then you're going to have to find your own transportation, fund your own transportation. And then there can be obviously little smaller things that, I mean, I could really make a list of like 20 things here, but this is more about getting your mind thinking about, hey, what are those things that your W-2 employer currently provides for you that reduces your expenses? And make sure that you're counting those into your equation of what your portfolio has to be able to purchase. So if you right now make, let's say, $3,000 a month, you need your plus 30%. And then you're also going to need to make enough money to cover your health insurance. You're going to need to make enough money to cover your, let's say, a cell phone. And let's just throw in a company car for the fun of it. So now you have to cover a car as well. Maybe not a car payment, but you at least have to be able to squirrel away some money for maintaining your own vehicle. So just remember to think that there are going to be little bit, little small added expenses possibly for you that came in the form of company benefits that are going to disappear when you transition over into your real estate career.
Making this decision, like I said earlier on, is a huge decision. I encourage all of you to think methodically about it. I'm not going to say that it's a decision you cannot overthink because you absolutely can, but it's definitely not something that I would encourage you to spend a smaller amount of time considering than a larger amount of time. So as you begin to process this, it's a great thing to write down all your thoughts, the pros and cons, plan out exactly where your portfolio needs to be. How many flips do you need to do a year? How many buy and hold rentals do you need to own with an average net income of, let's say, $250, $300 a door? Make sure you have your reasonings behind it. Make sure you fully understand what it means to leave that W-2 job and make sure that the income is there to support you. I hope this has helped bring some clarity to some of you who are like, I don't know when to leave my W-2 job. Is it now? Is it later? And I wish I had this just, what do they call it? Like a decision tracker? Like if this, then go over here and then down here and then over there. I wish we could kind of make a decision tracker for this, but this decision of leaving your W-2 job is so specialized because it's based on your particular situation with any family obligations. It's based on what type of career you have, how difficult it is to re-enter it. It's based on the type of real estate investing you're involved in. There's so many things that come into play here that it really is more of a choose your own adventure answer but it's something that there are goalposts and guidelines for making it. So I hope that I have given you some guidelines on how to best make that decision. If you guys have any questions about when to leave your W-2 job or any questions about real estate investing in general, as always, I encourage you to hit me up over on Instagram at landlordchick. Send me your DMs. This was a question I received at Instagram. I believe next week's episode, yes, next week's episode, which is, which is about leases and what agreements or clauses should be in our leases. That's also something that's coming from Instagram. So please hit me up over on Instagram at Landlord Trick. Send me your questions. Send me your suggestions on topics because I believe we've got a pretty deep list of listener suggestions coming up over the next couple of weeks. All right, you guys have a great week. And I will see you guys next week. I did want to put a little bit of a cautionary out there that I have been selected for jury duty for October. I'm going to try and keep my upload schedule as consistent as possible. But in the event that I sort of randomly drop off and there's no explanation, I want you all to know that I likely got selected for a jury. And it's maybe one that's not a one and done in a couple hours sort of situation. So if I do disappear again, don't think it's because something else happened. I want the explanation out there that I've been selected for jury duty. I'm in the pool. If I get selected for a trial and it maybe ends up being a slightly longer one, there might be a disruption to the upload schedule. All right, guys, I hope you have a great week and I really hope I can see you guys next week. Have a good one.